0: Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Each episode, we'll bring on some experts, talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Kelly Whalen, a marketing professional and association enthusiast, and I'm so happy you're here. And now let's start the show hi everyone good to have you back listening to the member engagement show i hope you had a restful year end and a wonderful holiday season today i'm really pleased to have shane anderson joining me on the show shane is the executive vice president and chief operating officer at naiop which is the commercial real estate development association she has a wealth of experience working with associations having previously held roles at the National Association of Landscape Professionals, the U.S. Indoor Soccer Association, and the American Composites Manufacturers Association. Throughout her career, she has cultivated expertise in association leadership, education, operations, and membership. So I'm really excited to get her perspective today on some tips and guidance for professionals just starting out in the association industry. So, Shane, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Kelly. I am so glad to be here. I'm really honored to be asked to do this and happy new year to everyone.
0: Yeah, happy new year to you as well. Can you start us off by telling our listeners a bit more in your own words about your experience in the association industry?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I graduated with a communications degree and political science degree. I didn't know quite what I wanted to do with that. I went to New Orleans and I did an internship for reporting and I came back probably more lost than ever. I I was pretty sure I didn't want to do reporting anymore, although I had a wonderful experience working for CBS News. So I remember having this very pivotal conversation with my parents and my dad suggested I think about association management. So I remember saying to him, well, I don't even know what an association does. (laughs) And he actually had obviously some pretty clear experience in association. He was the general counsel and chief lobbyist for an association really his entire career. So he was able to explain to me what an association does. So I started out my association management experience at Smith Buckland in Washington, D.C. For those of you who don't know SBA, they are the largest association management firm in the world, I think still in the world. But I started there in their PR and communications department, and I moved on to work for two of their clients as their membership assistant. I spent the next 10 years working for association management companies where you can be working on one client or multiple association clients. And then I decided, you know, I think I might want to work for one captive association. And a captive association really has reached the level of maturity in its existence where it can really go off on its own and doesn't have to be within an association management firm. So as Kelly mentioned, I worked for a manufacturing association, and then I worked for the U.S. Indoor Soccer Association. That was really, really exciting. I was able to get down on the field during a D.C. United game and meet David Beckham because I was in their PR and communications staff. Then I I moved on and I worked for the National Association for Landscape Professionals and I actually spent about 12 years there. I really found a home there. I grew to absolutely love the members. They became my friends and not only my colleagues, but my friends. And so it was it was really really hard to leave there, but I felt like I had kind of Done all I needed to do and at the National Association of Landscape Professionals, I was working as their VP of Education and Events. So they had a CEO change and I thought, you know, maybe now is is the right time to make a move. So I moved on to the Commercial Real Estate Development Association. This was March 23rd of 2020. For those of you who remember, this was the week that pretty much the world shut down with COVID, and I had been chosen to be their VP of Education and Events to really revolutionize their events and really come in with a keen eye toward making some improvements to their events and their on-demand education. But as you can imagine, my job.
0: Yeah, you must have had your work cut out for you then. With
1: <laughs> Yes. As you can imagine, my job completely changed. And I remember them saying to me, well, what are we going to do now? We can't host in-person events. And every association went through this, but we couldn't host in-person events. So what are we going to do now? Well, we pivoted just like most associations and started doing virtual events. So I had never hosted a virtual event. So I remember I was working 15, 16, 17 hour days to learn what in the world a virtual event is all about. But we made it through COVID and I'm still standing. And lucky for me, I was given the opportunity to throw my hat in the ring for the COO position about two years into my tenure with Commercial Real Estate Development Association. We had our CEO of 33 years announced his retirement and the COO at the time moved into the CEO position. So I was tapped for that position. And I absolutely love being a COO. As a true people person, I'm now able to oversee the staff and work with them on a daily basis on moving our association forward. So that's kind of where I landed and and I'm really happy.
0: Yeah, I feel like as you were talking, it almost sounded like association professional bingo, like association career bingo, because you hit so (laughs) many things on on my bingo card that I'm like, "Yeah." yeah, for me personally, and for other people I've talked to in the association industry, most people don't start out with a degree in association management or something. They have a different degree, and they kind of come across associations through one avenue or another, and then... A lot of people I talk to kind of fall in love with it because it's like you said about your experience at the U.S. Indoor Soccer Association. You start to really get not only connected with your coworkers and your peers, but the whole membership. You start caring about the stuff they're working on, learning about the stuff they're working on, yep. caring about their success. I mean, my last job was with the association that did research ethics, and I knew nothing about research ethics oversight before working there and now it's something that even though I've left that organization sometimes I still look into it and I care about it because I spent so long you know working with our members and seeing what mattered to them so I love that you really hit a lot of the things that I think keep people in associations.
1: Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's such a dynamic and vibrant career. You get to be exposed to all sorts of professions and industries that you never really thought of or knew about. I've worked for cemetery owners, (laughs) I've worked for healthcare access managers, I've worked for obviously indoor soccer arena operators, manufacturing companies, attorneys, I mean, you name it, there really is an association for everything. And being from the DC area, you know, this is the hub for associations. So there really are a lot of opportunities here, but also in other major metro um, markets such as Chicago but others as well. So there's just so much opportunity and also opportunity for really spreading your skill set out among different areas of the association, membership, events, public relations, advocacy. So like I said, it's just a very dynamic and interesting career path.
0: Yeah, absolutely. My background too is in mainly the marketing side of things. And I find that to be really successful in that part of working with an association, you do want to work with the other departments. It's not like you just stay in your lane and you're just marketing and you're like, I don't care what membership is doing. We had such a thriving relationship at my former association because we worked so closely together. So it is this opportunity to kind of work really closely with the IT department to see what operational things we have in place that enable us to offer our members really great benefits and then work really closely with the membership department to see like, what do members care about and what should I highlight for them when we're writing communications to them? So it's a really dynamic career environment to kind of come up in.
1: It really is. No two days are the same, right? (laughs)
0: Yeah, absolutely. No two days, no two months, no two years are the same.
1: Absolutely. And you're 100% right. In this line of work, you have to be able to work with people. It is a people business first and foremost. You can learn association management, but you have to really love working for people and working with people because you are working with all different departments within your association and you have to be able to work together to really chart out a path for the association and then march toward that path and so the most successful associations that i've seen are the highly collaborative associations where no one is really siloed into their own space they really work in a very hybrid and collaborative environment so that's really worked well for me and lucky for me my current association is probably the most collaborative association that i've worked for so i'm really lucky in that in that area
0: that's wonderful Shifting gears a little bit, over the course of your career, how have you seen the landscape of associations evolve and what are some of the major changes or trends that you've observed?
1: Oh gosh, how much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, I mean, it's honestly, it's funny because when I looked at this question, I thought, I think it's changed so much, but some of it has remained the same. And I'll go back to my, my former point. It's a people business first and foremost. You are working on behalf of the people, the individuals in that industry, and you have to love working with them. So that will never change with associations. But I will tell you that upon reflection, I was thinking about maybe about 15 years ago, maybe 20, but probably 15 years ago, someone handed me a book and it was titled The End of Membership As We Know It. And basically it spoke about the fact that the internet is going to kill associations because what associations do is we provide information and resources. Well, what does the internet do? It provides information and resources and it's so easy and it's at the click of a button. So how are associations going to survive in the age of the internet? Well, that wasn't true. Obviously, associations are thriving and still standing and better than ever. And I think that is because associations really serve a very important need, and that is we cut through all of the noise and we provide that trusted knowledge base and network of advisors that everyone needs in today's crazy world of information overload and you know the digital world that we're living in today. The other thing that we were talking about maybe 15 years ago is that millennials are not joiners. They're not going to join an association. They don't want to have any part of it. And that obviously has proven to be very incorrect. Millennials are joiners, and so are the younger generations that have come after millennials. So I can speak for my own association, our developing leader category of membership is the fastest growing category of membership right now. So the younger generations see the value of associations. So I'm incredibly pleased that we have cracked that case and been able to make sure that our members understand the value of joining an association and staying with an association. I also feel like the professional and personal connection that associations provide with that network of people that do what they do on a daily basis is also more important than ever. You know, today's digital age pulls us apart a little bit as a society and doing things through our phones and through our computers. And that's all good. That's all good because it's given us another layer, another dynamic of communication. But I also feel like associations provide that human connection at their conferences and their events that can never be taken away. And I don't think it'll ever be replaced. At the end of the day, we're humans and we crave human connection and associations provide that at their events. So one little tidbit that I'll provide is that during COVID, when I first started with my current association, we were very, very worried, as were most associations, We thought our membership retention was going to tank, thought no one was going to join, and the absolute opposite ended up happening. We feel like our members needed us more than ever. I remember when I first came on board with the Commercial Real Estate Development Association, they said that the webinar attendance was at around 100 per webinar. It went up to well over 1,000 during covid And what that showed us was that what we were providing, they really needed that. They needed to know where the industry was going at such a critical time in the evolution of the industry, how we were dealing with these problems that we were facing with COVID. So we provided that safe space to go to for the information and for the connections, too, because we did provide those virtual events and we did provide avenues for our members to connect virtually. So it's definitely been a changing landscape over the last, you know, many, many, many years. But at the end of the day, associations provide something that is so incredibly critical. And I don't think that's ever going to change.
0: Yeah, I couldn't have said any of that better myself. That's exactly how I see a lot of association things like people, even with, you know, the internet, even if you can find things on your own on the internet, people still like to learn from other people or at least like connect with and engage with. And it's funny that you say, (laughs) say that there was this assumption that millennials wouldn't be joiners because as a millennial myself, here I am, joining things, talking about associations, you kind of need that support. And I think even, and working remote too, like having that support from a group of people who do a similar type of work to you is just such a meaningful thing to give you tips for what you want to learn and also connections. So like when you're feeling frustrated because this particular like process with a job you have is frustrating, you can talk to other people who run to that too. And some people might even have answers to make that easier. So it just makes a huge impact being able to connect with people.
1: Absolutely. I could not agree with you more.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, obviously, with the pandemic, there was a lot for folks to learn from their association and to learn from other members. I think we'll see the same thing with things like AI. I was recording a webinar with my colleague, Kate, which will be available for folks soon via Higher Logic. And we were talking about how several associations are working on guidelines for their industry around AI so that Folks can be prepared for what that will mean for their industry. Or in some cases, the association is doing that advocacy work to provide protections to their industry. Like, I think one of the organizations was the Audiobook Narrators Association, is like participating with several other organizations that are kind of around acting or voice acting or things like that, where there's the potential for AI to take those jobs away. So, that association has this really key role to play now in the advocacy of regulations that protect people in their industry and making sure that people in their industry's voices are heard. So I do think even though maybe we've figured out a lot of things with the pandemic, we now have these new opportunities to figure out together.
1: Absolutely. There's There's always something around the bend that we need to face and figure out. And I couldn't agree with you more that AI is going to revolutionize. It's already revolutionizing the way we live and work and every industry is going to be impacted by it. So you either pretend that it's not there or you embrace it and you figure out how to use it to your advantage. So Could not agree with you more on on the AI conundrum, good conundrum, but it's definitely a conundrum.
0: Yeah, absolutely. On that topic, are there significant challenges you think that associations are facing today that people should be thinking about?
1: Yes. I mean, every, every association that I have ever worked for struggles with how to identify the best ways to communicate with its members in a way that is going to reach them. What is the right amount of communication to send to your members? What are the best, quickest, most convenient and easiest ways to communicate with them? How do they want to consume their information? And obviously, you know, with the advent of social media and all of the different technologies, it's gotten more challenging, but also easier in a way, because we can offer a plethora of different tools and ways of consuming information. So it's a good problem to have, if that makes sense. But we struggle every day with how many emails do we send our members? You know, in what, at what time do they want to get their, their emails? Do we send them in a a digest format? Do we? So, I mean, that's not, I struggle to even remember a time when we weren't trying to figure that out. And if someone can crack that case, they'll be billionaires. (laughs) Billionaires, <laughs> but um, but that one you know is definitely stands out is just the communication piece with your members and making sure that they are getting the information that they need. I would also say increasing demands on our members' time. I mean, the world is moving at the fastest pace it's ever moved, and that means that our members' time is at an absolute premium. So you have to make your association. Not a nice to have, but a need to have. They need to know that, you know, you're really an indispensable resource to them. So, you know, the demands on their time are are tight and they're only going to give that time to you if you demonstrate that you're really a valuable entity for their career and their business. I'll also say the race for talent is incredibly daunting. It's already tight and it's only going to get more tight in the next five to 10 years. As we all know, baby boomers are retiring or have retired. And, you know, every demographer would would tell you that we're just not replenishing the pool (laughs) like we used to. People are just not having babies like they used to. And um, there was covid and that didn't help. Matters. So the population situation is definitely something that I think is going to affect us greatly over the next, you know, five to 10 to 20 years. Of course, the geopolitical and economic forces that affect every industry, you know, are something that we talk about almost on a daily basis with our team. We have a research department, thank goodness, because they stay on top of uh, they have their finger on the pulse of our industry and they send out constant articles about the economy and how it's going to affect our industry. As you can imagine, commercial real estate, especially with the office market, as it is right now, is definitely you know something that we have to pay attention to and we are paying attention to challenges with data. I'll just wrap this question up with. Challenges with data and making data work for an association is also a struggle that I've seen. Every association that I've worked for has struggled with this. They're, you know, The AMS systems that we all use are great and robust, but we struggle. I, I can just speak personally. We struggle with, with managing the data and making it clean and pulling it into a manner that is meaningful to us. But keeping it clean and keeping it up to date and making sure that we are gathering the right data to be able to serve our members, I've just seen that most associations struggle with that. So those are kind of the challenges that came to mind for for me from a personal standpoint just throughout my career.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that mirrors kind of what I've seen in my career and with talking to other associations as well. I mean, the communication piece of it and kind of figuring out how and when and how much to communicate with your members like that is something we Ask in the HireLogic 2023 member experience report. We ask that because it changes. Like, even if you know it now, it might change next year because people might yeah. be facing different challenges or just not be reading their emails as much, or they're reading their emails more. And then you've got kind of like you said, the demands on their time, I think, too, are definitely something that yeah. evolves. And sometimes you'll find that you're Association is in the perfect place to be summarizing things for people, and that can be how you're helping them. But you have to kind of monitor if that's still working because things evolve over time. And again, that's why benchmark reports are some of the things I enjoy working on the most at Higher Logic and also enjoy consuming as a person who kind of monitors these things because It kind of gives me an opportunity to see like what is going on out there with other associations or other organizations in general when it comes to email marketing or engagement or whatever it is. So definitely things that I think about also.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: For professionals starting out in the association industry, is there any advice you would offer to help them kind of navigate the unique challenges and opportunities this industry presents? So.
1: I think I would say, and I know I'm I'm biased here, but you know, this this was kind of my path, but I think I think it really worked for me. I would say try if you if you can to become a generalist. And what I mean by that is, you know, unless you are one of the few people who graduated with a poli sci degree and want to do absolutely nothing but lobby on Capitol Hill and God bless you if that's who you are, but obviously you would want to work in the government affairs department if that was your passion and that was your path. But otherwise, you know, if you're just getting into associations, I think it's a really great thing to be able to spend a few years in each sort of facet of association management to get to know that area. So, you know, as I mentioned before, I was in membership first and that was way too many numbers for me. I didn't, I didn't love the, uh, the metric part of it and having to work in numbers every day. But I was in membership for a while and then moved over to events, obviously backtracking. I started in PR and marketing. So I feel like kind of my, my path gave me a, a very good bird's eye view of, of what an association, how it functions and the importance of each of the pieces And so for me, that really has worked. And I I remember when I was at the American Composites Manufacturers Association, I was their director of membership back then. And our CEO at the time came over to me and she said, I think you're a really good candidate to be a generalist. And I think you should go for your CAE designation through ASAE. And that completely changed my my life. I'll never forget when she said that to me. And she said, You know, you could one day become, you know, a CEO or have an executive level position. And so it really kind of changed my my approach. I thought I was probably going to stay in membership, even though I didn't love the, the number side of it. It is really the heartbeat of an association. So I really liked that part of it. But then I thought, well, if she's right, and I really valued her opinion, then maybe I'll go and try, try my hand in the events world. Well, lo and behold, I did, and I fell in love with events. Events is definitely an area where you can stretch your creativity. I just loved looking at an event and trying to figure out how I could make it better and more dynamic and more interesting and more creative And so it was almost like a a masterpiece for me. I was looking at it with such a creative eye and that was really, really fun for me. So I would say, you know, above all else, if you if you have that yearning to really go far in association management, it's really not bad to, to spend a little bit of time in a couple of different departments. So you do have that unique bird's eye view.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think particularly in the leadership roles that you serve now, I think it helps that you have that background in all of those areas because you're in a really great position to, like you said, recognize the importance of those different sections, the ways that they need to intersect and not become siloed. I think that makes a lot of difference.
1: Absolutely. Um, You know, I think it made me a really well-rounded professional and one of the things that I love at my, at my association now is sort of making those connections because sometimes, you know, our research department will come out with an amazing research report and they've interviewed a couple of people who are true pioneers in the industry. And then I, because I'm, you know, reading their research reports and that's part of my job, then I'll pull all of that information over to our education and events team. And then they reach out to them for podcasts development, podcast episodes. And so just making those, like you said, those connections and finding ways that we can collaborate for the betterment of the association is really very fun for me and very fulfilling.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Are there any particular skills or competencies or even resources that you found that you think would be particularly helpful for someone to thrive in the association industry? Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes, <laughs> As I mentioned before, you know, first and foremost, I know I keep saying this, but I can't stress it enough, it is a people business. So you, the most successful association management professionals that I have seen, the the best leaders that I've seen in the industry have really high emotional intelligence. They can connect with people, they are active listeners, um, they are able to, Take in um, what someone is telling them and make connections with, with them and the services and products that we offer. Compassion. I know that sounds a little strange, but one of the association tenants, you know, especially when you go through your CAE, is that we have a duty of loyalty to our members and we have a duty of care and concern toward our members. And so you have to have that ability to really learn about your members, reach out to them, get to know them. And as I mentioned, especially at the Landscape Association, I still keep in touch with so many of my members. They're friends of mine, and I really care about their well-being. And I have at every association. I've cared about my members and wanted them, truly, genuinely wanted them to be more successful, and um, more fulfilled in in their line of work. So the ability to draw out that compassionate side of yourself is really important. As I mentioned, ability to collaborate, strong communication skills, the ability to chart out a vision for your association or your department or whatever you're working on, and then be able to communicate that vision clearly, And then lastly, you know, be creative and embrace innovative approaches. A lot of associations are small, and so they have to be creative and embrace innovative approaches to be successful. Always be looking for for tools and resources that can help you do your job better and be open to that. I mean, at Commercial Real Estate Development Association, we always say that, you know, it's totally okay to fail. (laughs) We we're never gonna be good at what we do if we don't take chances. Now those chances have to be those those risks have to be calculated and make and you have to make sure that you're using your your members' money wisely. But we always like to take some chances because we think we're gonna be far more successful if we try those innovative things. And we have failed before. We have Fallen on our face a couple of times, but that's okay because for every time we do that, we succeed three or four more times uh, than we than we fail. And I'll just lastly say, you know, you can learn association management, all of the the one hundred and one <laughs> curriculum that they teach you in, in at ASAE. You can learn all of that, but you really do have to be a connoisseur of people in order to really like it in this field and be successful. And I just mentioned in terms of resources, ASAE is phenomenal. You know, they helped me so much in earlier in my career. I got my CAE, and honestly, shout out to Higher Logic because I know that, that they provide the collaborate platform. And so, just recently, in within the last year, I reached out because I was a new COO. I just became COO a year and a half ago, so. About a year ago, you know, I, I thought to myself, I, I really don't know how to be COO. I'm kind of winging it here. So I I, I thought I really need kind of a, a peer group. And so I reached out on on ASAE's Collaborate and I just said, I'm looking to create a peer group of COOs. I got s- such a great response and now we just had our fifth meeting yesterday and it, they're all virtual, but we're hoping to get together face-to-face soon. But it's people, it's COOs from around the country, all different kinds of associations, but we share best practices, successes, failures. How do you do this? How are you approaching this? It's been incredibly valuable to me. So I really thank you know i have a lot to thank asae for I, I i could not have been nearly as successful as i as i have been without their their services so definitely rec- highly recommend it
0: yeah. I love that you've spoken both about like working on the association side and now about working with the association for associations because yep. um, it really speaks to like the success yep. of both. Like having that group of people that you are a member of that group is really valuable to you in your career as well. Just like what you offer to your members, which is just everything's coming full circle.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing to have an association for associations, you know, and we if, if we're not believers in that, then I don't know what, asso- you know, what we're doing in this profession. But
0: yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, it's been incredibly integral to my success.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of what you spoke to about what someone kind of brings to a career in an association comes back to also like having a curiosity to learn new things and learn new ways of doing things and a curiosity too to like learn from other people because I think that that kind of gives you a leg up because you, like you said, you weren't exactly sure what to do from the perspective of a COO that was like a new role for you and you realized, hey, I can talk to other people who are doing this too. We could figure it out together.
1: Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I actually... When I became COO, I had never had a COO in any other association that I'd worked for. It was always smaller associations that didn't have that that role. Um, so I I really thank, thankfully, I learned from the COO in the two years that I was serving as VP, I learned from him kind of how he approached his job. So thankfully, I had those two years, but I really didn't have a lot of Experience in in how to be a good COO. So I, I it was incredibly important that I that I create that you know that trusted group of advisors. And like I said, we just had our fifth meeting, and I I'm hoping that we're still together ten years down the road.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think too that speaks to kind of the appetite for improvement that I think helps people really succeed in associations. Because instead of just thinking like, well, you know, I'm Not to say that you can't think you're great. You should think you're, everyone should think that they're great, but also having that level of, hey, I want to, I want to learn more. I want to learn new ways to do things or ways to improve things. I think both in terms of your role, but also in terms of your association, having that, I guess I'll use the word curiosity again, to explore things and not just kind of stick to what has always been done because things evolve. So I know when I first took like a management role where I was managing other staff, it was really important to me to learn how to manage staff well, because I didn't want to just do all of the things that I had experienced as someone with a supervisor that I really didn't like, that I was like, this really didn't help me. I wanted to learn, like, well, what are the techniques that people have figured out right. that uh, that as people continue to learn about this and what works, I want to stay on top of what works and what doesn't and what things are shown to be really effective when you're managing people and what things are shown to be kind of like the myth of management.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. No, I, I could not agree with that more. You just have to be able, like you said, curiosity is incredibly important. I, I interview for an entry-level position in our association, and that's one of the questions that I ask you know, what's, what do you feel like your level of curiosity is and how, how do you feel about learning new techniques, new skills? What's your appetite for, for learning? Cause you're right. I mean, it really is an incredibly important part of working in an association. You have to have that kind of like a yearning to, to learn new things. And oftentimes again, with, especially with smaller or, or even medium sized associations, you're not going to have like a very structured training program. So you have to kind of, like you said, Kelly, you have to be able to learn from other people that are within your association, but also kind of be able to sort of figure it out on your own too and come to your your colleagues with solutions and new approaches and all of that. So, you know, like I said, I've worked for mostly small and medium. So that's the the experience I have had is that you have to really be a self-starter and take a lot of initiative in this in this field.
0: Yeah, definitely. Being mindful of time also, there's two other areas that I, I want to get your insights into. And one would be I I feel like building and maintaining member engagement is usually a big priority for associations. Are there any strategies that you feel like have been really effective in keeping members involved and committed with your association?
1: Yeah. I mean, at the risk of sounding a little dramatic, (laughs) you have to make them feel like they are part of something amazing. And I have stayed in associations for as long as I have because I think they truly are amazing. What they provide, you can't find anywhere else. And you have to be able to convey that to them. So I'll just give you an example. We have a forums program. It's basically a peer group program. And it started with, you know, five programs 20 years ago. And now we have over, we just hit our uh, like 120th, I think, forum. And some of them have been together for 15 years. And they're about 15 to 20 people, similar to what I did with my COO group. And they're just, it's basically a peer group but they truly live <laughs> eat and breathe the forums program and it's it's like a part of their their being and i truly give a lot of credit to the gentleman who runs that that forums program because early on he was able to to really convey this vision about what this program could do for these individuals who were starting out in the industry or maybe middle career and it really came to be and so you have to make your members feel like they are part of something amazing i'll also say make your members feel appreciated convey genuine appreciation and recognition you know it doesn't matter what age what what industry you're in humans are humans and they want to be recognized for good work so i i don't necessarily just mean awards programs but just the little things that you do throughout the year to recognize your members, recognize your volunteers, give back to them what they are giving to you in their time and talent. Some of the smallest things that we've done for our our volunteers and our members have, have shown to be so incredibly valuable from just hosting, you know, a reception in their honor and I know it sounds trivial, but walking around, having the staff walk around and say, thank you so much in a genuine way for all that you've done for your industry, you know, doing those kinds of things. Deliver content that no one else is delivering to them. Hold events that they feel like they can't live without, you know, make them feel like if they miss an event, they're missing out on a, a family reunion create that community where they feel like they want to go back to creating those connections is what really makes an association tick and and how you do that you know obviously you you host these events but again you show your members that they're a part of something bigger than just their job their day-to-day job this is moving the industry forward what they're doing at these events and throughout the year by a, by being a part of the association is moving their profession forward and moving themselves as professionals forward lastly i'll just say you know in the realm of advocacy one of the things that i think we could do better you know and a lot of associations struggle with this is you know the advocacy professionals that work all day long every day on the federal level and on the state level they aren't, sometimes they're not as good at telling their story and the members need to know. The members need to know what your association is doing behind the scenes. To, and some of these advocacy initiatives end up saving their businesses. They do. And so that piece of it, you know, don't just do the association or do the advocacy work, but make sure you're communicating what that means to their businesses. So that those all of those things have kind of bubbled up to the top when I think about how to really make an association special and, you know, main, make sure that your members are engaged.
0: Yeah, those the things that you've mentioned really resonate with me as well. I know um, at my former association, again, being in like research ethics, there were regulations that would be in process that our association would be like very aware of and on top of in various ways. And that's exactly what you described was something I think we struggled with, like sharing back to the members. This is all the work that we and our board and our partners in this field are doing towards the betterment of of the industry you work in. And we're learning from you and bringing your voices to these conversations. So I think it was It was something that we were still like developing when I ended up leaving that organization. But it was something that was really exciting that they were working on to like, we were already doing the advocacy work, but having that, you know, communicating it back to the members so that they would realize like, hey, this is this is all happening. You might not realize that it's happening behind the scenes, but like this is part of what we do for you as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And and, and it's not unique to any one association i mean i think like you said every association really struggles with it because the the advocacy team is so busy doing the actual work so there has to be again that that cross contamination cross collaboration between the marketing and communications team and the advocacy folks Making sure that they are working together to not only do the work, but then to tell our story and make sure that these these members know what we're doing behind the scenes to to help their businesses.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think kind of the last area I had on my list to talk to you about is something too that supports all of this, which is kind of like the technology and like operational processes that you have in place, I think are really important for associations to be able to do all of what we're talking about, like having the infrastructure to support your work. And I don't know if there's any particular technology impacts that you've seen that you want to talk about, but it's something that I, I'm obviously working at HireLogic. It's something I think about a lot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Technology is uh, its critical. It's incredibly important to, to what every single association does. And, you know, I kind of mentioned it before. I mean, AI is going to revolutionize every industry. And we are just kind of dipping our toe in the water of AI right now. Uh, we're about to sign a contract with a, a tool that, you know, will will. Integrate into our website that will allow, essentially, you know, our members will go onto our website and it will automatically feed them information, the information and um, content that, based on their interests, it has ascertained that they will be interested in. But it's a it's a scary world, and you know, it's one that we're we're paying attention to very carefully, but we're also kind of treading carefully because we we want to make sure that the tools that we do use are going to be for the betterment of our, of our association and our members. I mean, at the end of the day, like they used to call boutique service, serving up the members exactly what they want and need is going to be the wave of the future. Because of the compressed time that people are feeling these days, you have to give them what they need and they, you have to give it to them quickly. So, you know, the tools that that are going to to do that, we have found incredibly important. I know our marketing team uses um, a lot of different tools that customize emails based on what our members tell us through different data points that they're interested in. So that has really, really revolutionized the way that we communicate, just customizing the information for them. Virtual networking, I still think has a place we have not been able to crack this case but the tools out there that allow you to virtually network are getting better and better so i think you know it's going to just continue to get much easier and much more become a much more seamless experience for our members in the future so as i mentioned earlier you know i don't think face to face interaction is ever going to go away i think there's a place for that but i also think virtual networking because it's incredibly convenient and incredibly low cost as we saw during covid i think it has a place and i don't think it's going to go away i think the tools are just going to get better and better and i think people are going to there's going to be a higher level of adoption as we move along you know i remember when conference apps first came out you know um and i remember distinctly looking at our metrics year over year I think the first year we came out with a conference app, there were like 5% of our of our event attendees that, that actually went onto the app. Now it's like 90%, but it took, you know, seven, eight, nine years for us to get to that 90% point. It just, you know, adoption can can take time. People need to get used to it. They need to trust it. But I think, you know, like I said-
0: I think you as an association need to like, reinforce it too. Cause you're describing exactly my experience as well. We had the app and that first, like it's slow going and our online community too, at first it's slow going. But if you're like regularly showing people, Hey, this is a great place to connect, or this is a really useful tool. They'll start using it more and more. And that makes such a huge difference. Like we were able to stop printing a a print conference guide because apps are out there now, which is cost and time savings that then we can put back into doing other things for the members.
1: Absolutely. Yes. I mean, it's it's going to, you know, like I said, virtual networking is going to it's going to stay. I have no doubt. And I'm excited to see kind of the the evolution of it, because I do think that it's it's going to really help, especially industries like ours that thrive on human connection. Uh, Our members do deals with people they trust, they know and trust. So they need to connect with those people, but to do it in a very fast and convenient and low cost way that could really completely upend what they do and, and make them far, far more productive. So, like I said, I think it's here to stay, um, but, and so I'm excited to see, you know, kind of how it evolves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That, that kind of an online communities being part of that too. I mean, you even referenced, I think like ASAE's Collaborate, You had a question about being a COO or you wanted to connect with other COOs and you could just hop right in that community and ask around as opposed to like having to wait until the annual conference to meet people. You had that opportunity to just, you know, connect with people right in that moment that you were like, hey, I really wish I had, you know, some colleagues, peers or a mentor whatever it might be. Or, you know, I've posted when we were when i was i was a hirelogic customer before i worked at hirelogic and we would just go into the hirelogic user group which is our community for our customers and post questions about like doing a automated marketing campaign so we'd be like hey we want to do this automated marketing campaign for member onboarding has anyone else done that what are your like top tips and that's Huge because again, you don't have to like wait until you go to a conference and go to a conference session. And not to say that those things aren't still valuable, but you can just hop into like an online community and quickly learn something. And or you can watch a quick uh, on demand session or something and say, Okay, yep, now I've got those tips I need to do that thing. So it's definitely a game changer and personalization. Two, you hit the nail right on the head. Like every association member experience report we've done since I started at HireLogic has had every single time it's like sixty plus percent of association members are like, I want that personalization, and then a lot of them are saying they're not getting it from their association. So having those tools out there, like you were saying, where your newsletter potentially has specific sections that tell them about things related to their interest areas and higher Logic community has a, a tool called smart Net newsletter that does that as well it kind of watches what someone's behavior is on the community and then sends them specifically in their digest things related to what they're doing and that's actually like a little ai tool that we had even before ai was a big like conversation that everybody, everybody was having so it's all everything you said is exactly the stuff too that i'm so fascinated to watch like the evolution and the and the things and the trends that we're seeing in the association space and in all the industries that associations serve. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, is there anything this I feel like I could chat with you for like (laughs) we could chat about associations all day for sure. But um, as we're kind of closing things up, is there anything that you kind of want to leave people with for either if they're starting out in associations or they've been working in associations for a while and they're just looking for a little nugget of wisdom? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, yeah, to put you on the spot.
1: Yeah, I mean. (laughs) I think I've, I've probably said my piece, but I'll just say, you know, especially to those just starting out, it really is such a fruitful career. And I'm incredibly grateful to have landed just by accident in this, in this career path. There's a lot of opportunity, a ton of opportunity and associations are really good at promoting from within every single association that I've ever been at is good at that. So if you get in and you prove yourself to be dedicated, and like I said, you can learn association management from ASAE. It's a, lear- you know, you c- it's a learned skill, but just get in, prove yourself to be dedicated and eager to learn. Kelly said curious, and you're going to be successful and you're going to find that it's an incredibly dynamic um, and interesting profession. And I'll just say thank you so much to Higher Logic for inviting me on this on this podcast. I really have enjoyed it. And yes, Kelly, I could speak with you for <laughs> an, another hour or two.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I I I also really appreciate that you came on the show. I think folks really learn a lot from, especially people like you who've been in the association world for a long time and had that experience at different organizations. And I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and chat with me and share your thoughts with our listeners.
1: Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Thank you.
0: And for our listeners, I'll just kind of give you a heads up of a couple things you can look out for in the months ahead. So for those looking to learn more about association topics, we do have our annual Super Forum conference, April 10th to 12th in National Harbor, Maryland. And the early bird discount is available through February 2nd. So I just wanted to call that out for people. Um, I think you can save about $200 by registering with the early bird discount. And I mentioned earlier in the show, myself and my colleague, Kate Sauer, did a webinar on demand for our listeners and for our audience it's called future proof your association and that is available for you to listen to at your convenience i'll put that in the show notes i'll also put the link to super Forum in the show notes and i encourage you to check out our association member experience report we've got our email benchmark report coming out in february so keep an eye out for that yeah i'll i'll put links in the show notes and i'm really excited to connect with you all again next time